You're listening to How She Creates. I'm your host, Lauren Hooper. This podcast is for the curious, the wanderer and the wanderers, the playful and the joyful. Every week, we're going to explore how to design a life full of creativity and whimsy. Now let's get curious and go explore something. Hello, friend. So in a crazy turn of events, since we last spoke, um, the last episode I did was in July, and we were living in Asheville, North Carolina, and we had no intentions of moving, and I took off August uh, to go on a family vacation, and (laughs) while we were on vacation, Terrell got a job offer in Raleigh, North Carolina, and he had two days to turn around and move. So as of this episode, we now live in Raleigh. It has been absolutely crazy um, to get here, but I am excited to be back and be in a new place. And I'm going to record an episode for you in the next couple weeks, sharing more about the move and the things I've learned. Um, But I just wanted to give you that quick little life update so you wouldn't be confused if there's any mention of it in this episode or if you see what is happening on Instagram and around here. Um, So just letting you know that that is where we are now. Um, But everything else is still the same in life. I still have jewelry and weavings for sale and take customs on Etsy. My shop is Lauren Likes Art and I am still teaching and sharing all about creativity and living a creative lifestyle. And just letting you know that my signature course, Stories From Here, the Gratitude Edition, is going to be opening up for registration on October 11th. So that's about a month from now. And to lead up to it, I am actually going to be teaching a free um, month-long webinar on different photography tips. So one week, they're going to be really, really short. One week, I'm going to teach about taking photos of your art. One week, taking photos of your home, taking photos of people, all kinds of different fun things like that. So if you are curious, you want to learn more about taking more beautiful photos and telling your story through it and building a gratitude habit through that um, creative process, please sign up for my newsletter. It is lauren-likes.com slash newsletter or if you just swipe up in the show notes, there'll be a link to that and you'll get all the information about the course and about the free webinar series that I would love, love, love for you to join me. And those are going to be starting here in September at the end of the month. So please go ahead and get signed up for my newsletter and you will get all the info for that. So that is the latest happening and what you can be looking forward to here um, on how she creates and all around just the Lauren likes sphere of my little corner of the art world and I am just really grateful that you're here and we're along for the crazy ride so let's get into today's episode because it is such a good one Welcome to How She Creates. Today's episode is going to be a really fun one. It is going to be a good overview of kind of some bigger creative ideas. And I'm really excited to introduce you to my guest, Emily Thompson from Being Boss. Emily has done so many cool things. I think I found her through 
the podcast, the Being Boss podcast, but she has a community for creative entrepreneurs. She's written a book. Um, she has a beautiful store called Almanac. So Emily is a creative entrepreneur who helps creative entrepreneurs. So I'm excited to tap into her wisdom today. Emily, thank you so much for being here. Lauren, it is a treat. I am so excited for this conversation. Oh, me too. Can you give us a quick intro to who you are, where you are, what you do, all that kind of stuff? Absolutely. So I'm Emily Thompson. I live in Chattanooga, Tennessee. I've been here for about six years, born and raised in the South. I've always lived here, lived in a couple of different places, but but I I love I love being in the South for better or worse. <laughs> I do love being here. Um, and I have always been a creative. I was telling a friend of mine the other day, I remember being a kid and um, and literally painting rocks and selling them to my neighbors. So I've always been a creative, but I've also always been a creative entrepreneur. I've always tried to sell my creativity. Um, and I think it's funny now that my, my company, Almanac Supply Co., sells crystals. Like I'm still selling rocks. Um, <laughs> decades later, it was always supposed to be my path. Um, but along the way, I've done lots of things. I was called a serial entrepreneur this morning and I was like, I'd like to drop the serial part soon. Um, I like to think of it as just my journey to get to where I am. I was... Um, I owned my first business when I was in college. I started selling online on Etsy years ago, at the very beginning years of Etsy. I was making jewelry. I um, soon transitioned into um, web design and web development for my Etsy friends. So I've always been in that very sort of creative maker community. And I moved into servicing them by helping them get off of Etsy into their own websites. And this was probably 12 years ago. So again, those very early days of Etsy. In my years of being a web designer and web developer, I found myself diving into creative business models in a way that I had not anticipated ever doing. And I loved it a ton. So I was really um, getting to know creatives who were, you know, making jewelry or selling t-shirts or making candles and those sorts of things and helping them, helping them turn their creativity into a business model where they could sell things online. And all of that work fed into the podcast. So I was having these conversations with creatives. I um, I had found my business bestie. We were talking about what it was like owning the sort of these digital agencies and working online. We launched the Being Boss podcast in 2015, sort of pulling all of my experience of creative business models and running my own business and being a creative and, and selling and doing business online into this podcast that became very big very quickly. I've loved doing it. I've had so many amazing conversations about creativity and entrepreneurship and creative entrepreneurship in that space um, that it's been the thing that I've done for a little over six years now, or actually a little over six and a half years now. And in 2018, though, I decided that I needed to get back into product business. I wanted to trade a thing for money, <laughs> not like trade my time or my energy. I wanted to sell a thing and get money directly in return. And so um, I started Almanac Supply Co. in 2018. We actually opened our first brick and mortar store um, just about a month and a half ago. And um, it's been a wild ride. I've done lots of really fun things, but creativity and business is at the heart of all of it. Oh, I love that. I love. Um 
we have such a similar story. You know, I was doing a lot of online teaching and then I was like, I want to do the thing. Um, so I recently, you know, reverted back to open, I opened my Etsy shop again and have been selling jewelry and weavings. And it's so fun and so different than being in the online space. Even though I was teaching art, it's, it's different and I love it. It's so different and it's so much more gratifying. Like I had not quite anticipated um, how much more gratifying it would be for me personally in the way that, you know, I operate um, to, you know, at Almanac, we make candles um, and we also sell crystals and some other curated goods to just like to have someone go to an online listing, purchase something, me send it, transaction done. I love it so much. I hadn't realized that that was a missing piece of my puzzle, um, but I do. I do love it. I totally understand what you're saying. <laughs> yes. It's so like gratifying in a different way because I'm very goal-oriented and it's hard in online, the online world because it's just like things just like disappear out into the internet and you're like, I guess someone got it. I guess they liked it. But yeah, that tangible thing to like see someone post a picture, like I can like when I pack their order and then I see a picture of them wearing it, it's totally different. Same. And there's like a next level of that too that I've sort of re-realized in, um, in having the brick and mortar store where like imagine putting it in their hand. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yes. I do right? that at markets. It's so yes. fun. And like one of my favorite things to do is when people walk up, I'm like, oh my gosh, this matches your outfit. You know, yes. like getting to like style them is so fun in person. It is. It is. It's a, it's a whole other sort of level of doing business and having a connection with your customers um, and seeing how it is that what you, how it is that what you create sort of um, I it sort of brings out a reaction in the people who are doing it. So for us candles, like I will sell you a candle. I will tell you that the candle smells good, but until your nose is in it, you don't know. And for me to witness that candle to nose moment is quite a treat. <laughs> it is. It is very fun. And, you know, cause it's, it's like nice to be appreciated, but it's also mm -hmm. nice to just like see your work living out in the world and interacting with people. And the internet is nice for kind of giving you a faux hit of that, but something about doing it in person is it's magical for sure. Totally agree. Oh, Awesome. So what is your current creative hobby, your personal thing that you're loving doing right now? A little bit of everything. <laughs> I, I love this question for myself. It changes all the time, mm -hmm. but sometimes I find myself in these situations where like, I almost can't like narrow it down. So sometimes I am doing like one of the things I'm thinking about now, I think we will be moving at some point in the relatively near future, the next couple of months. Um, so I found myself um, thinking about interiors a lot. Mm. So that's a form of creativity for me. I'm, you can ask my partner, I'm always rearranging my furniture, <laughs> right? Or just like taking the tchotchkes in my house and like moving them from one room to the other and sort of redecorating. So for me, um, a thing that sort of has my mind going is decorating a new house potentially in the future and what that's going to look like. Um, but I also, for me, cooking is always a creative outlet. Um, and I've always seen it as a creative outlet. Um, well, I've always seen some parts of it as a creative outlet. For me, if I'm just like sticking lunch in my mouth, 
that's not. But for me, dessert is usually the place where like that is a creative outlet. And so that's something that's pretty ongoing. Um, I do also have a sewing project that I am about to start that I'm very excited about. So my fingers are in lots of pies. It always depends on really kind of what season we're in. I'm I'm a very seasonal liver. Um, But also creativity is infused into so much of my life that there is always a couple of things up my sleeve. Oh, awesome. And are you yourself making the candles in-house at Almanac? No, I have not made our candles in a couple of years. Thank goodness. Um, I don't think they'll let me touch them anymore. I started the process. Um, I'm the one who like chose the candle scents and um, started developing developing up the processes of that particular piece of creativity. And then I handed it off and it has since scaled so much that I don't even know how. <laughs> I don't even know how to make the candles anymore. I can make a dozen candles at a time, but I can't make 150 at a time. So mm-hmm. I do not they won't let me. (laughs) Oh, well, that's fun. I mean, I feel like you're getting to do the fun part is like picking out the scents and things. Yes. Yes. Right now at at Almanac, my my creative outlet is definitely the store. So once, at least once a week, I'm going in there and sort of of judging things Mm -hmm. up as needed. Um, But also I think we're sort of beginning eight stages of developing these processes out of what does it look like to do a total store refresh. And so last week, uh, it was our one month anniversary. I went in there and did a big store refresh. And that for me was my creativity, uh, my creative outlet. And funny, it was one that I have literally been dreaming about for years. So it was like this self-fulfilling moment to just go in there after hours on like a Wednesday night or something in this space completely by myself, turn on some music, take everything off the tables and like, and restyle them all up. It felt, it felt amazing. to finally be able to do that. So I'm not making candles, but I am styling the store. And that is, that's what I've been working towards this entire time. Oh, I, yeah, that's absolutely my dream. I don't want the pressure of owning a store, but man, I would love to go in and decorate it all the time. It's as fun as you think it would be. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I do love it. And it's, um, it is a form of creativity for sure, where I, I work on these visions, um, of what it is that I want to do. I have to keep in mind the tools that I have available to me, like what products are currently in the store. Um, what are people going to want to buy? But there's also for me, when it comes to business creativity, there is the strategy side for me that is very much so, um, a fun part for me. I think a lot of creatives really struggle with the business side or the strategy side. They see it as like, as walls that are keeping them from doing what they really want to do from like truly expressing themselves. I see it as, um, as ways for me to like stretch and challenge myself to be, you know, creative within those restraints. And so for me, bringing in the strategy piece, um, gets me really excited. Yeah. Oh, okay. So this is going to perfectly lead into today's big topic is, Mm -hmm. you know, you have been a creative for so long. You have worked with so many creative entrepreneurs and creative people and taking on so many different projects. Um, And I have also been kind of a serial creative and I have interviewed so many people through the podcast over the years. And so I thought um, we could kind of combine our collective wisdom and kind of share our things we wish people knew about creatives or people knew about creativity or creatives knew about themselves, kind of like some 
PSAs and so to help give people some language and to be able to connect and say, oh, I'm not the only person who feels this way or thinks this way, or I'm not crazy, you know? Um, so I'll start and I'll share my first one because I think it goes, it kind of sets us up well and it goes right back to what you were saying. Um, the one biggest thing that I wish people knew about creativity was that everyone is creative and everything we do is a creative act. And when we start viewing our life like that, you know, our creativity just comes alive and we see it through such a different viewpoint. And I think so many people, you know, listening, they're like, oh, this would be a good episode for my husband to listen to so he can understand me as a creative or, you know, this is about me because I'm a creative person or this person I know is super, super creative, but I'm not. And I think everyone is. And so when we start viewing other people through that lens and the problems that they're working through and the things they're doing, and we stop looking at, you know, kids rearranging their rooms all the time or, you know, having trouble cleaning because they get so distracted by their toys or, you know, ourselves doing the exact same thing, we realize that it's a creative process and it's not just a chore or a task or someone being ADD or distracted. You know, they're engaging in some type of creative element, you know, and like you said, even your cooking, gardening, you know, redecorating your house, all of those things are creative acts and people so quickly discount them, you know, and we discount one another's hobbies as, oh, well, that person's a runner. So they're not creative, they're athletic, but you don't know what they're thinking about and what they're seeing and the problems they're solving in their head as they're running. And that's a creative act or, you know, someone working on a car. That is a creative act to take something apart and put it back together and make it better and look better and sound better and work better. You know, those are all creative acts. And I think when we start viewing ourselves and the people around us as everything we're doing as creative acts, it really gives a lot of freedom and encouragement to take our time and to engage in the process and to really notice the things that we are enjoying. Um, and so that's one of my biggest things that I want people to understand and know about creativity. Yes, to every single bit of it. If you hadn't taken that one, that would have been mine. Because <laughs> I could not tell you. I was actually having a conversation recently with a woman who um, she's a very businessy person, is a consultant for operations, um, incredibly smart, super love her very much, such a cool person. Um, and she was, um, she's also written a book and like just has this amazing business. And she was like, yeah, I'm not creative. I was like, literally you're an author, you're a writer. And you're going to tell me that you are not creative. And sure, it's like relatively technical, but you are, you created not only the book, but the entire concept and structure and framework for this book, you're a creative. It doesn't look like a painting, <laughs> mm -hmm. but you are a creative. So even people who seem, who feel like they are very technical or tactical or whatever, you, you are also creative. So yes, I completely agree with that. Mine is, and you sort of mentioned this a couple of times, is that creativity is a process. It is a process that includes your entire life. <laughs> so just as your entire life is creativity, I think it is all feeding, like your entire life also feeds into those creative moments where you are actually sitting down to create. So, you know, for me, this idea of 
my like decorating my house that I don't even have yet <laughs> is my current creative project. It's starting now. Like I don't even have the house yet. I haven't actually started the act of creating yet, but I'm drawing inspiration. I am keeping my eyes open to things. There's this there's this part of the process of creativity that I think people do not lend enough weight to. And that is, that is the inspiration process, the thinking and the planning and the, um, the, and it's not even active. I think, you know, as I'm driving around, I'm getting input from other people's exterior colors that I'm not thinking about, but it's definitely like feeding into what the creativity will be whenever I get there. Um, and along those lines too, I think like every single creative project has a process but you as a creative person have a lifelong process. So whenever I see people who show up and want to knit, you know, for the first time, they're so frustrated because their scarf is wonky. Like how many people have wonky scarves? <laughs> I think mm -hmm, we all mm -hmm. have those first couple of projects that aren't very straight. Um, it is a process of like, gaining the skills, learning how to gather the inspiration that's going to inform the actual doing, um, getting the skills to actually do the thing, to finesse, to creatively solve your problems as you are going through. Creativity is a process both for each individual project, but also for you as a creative person. Um, and if you can't respect the process, the end project's not going to respect you. <laughs> Yes. I, yeah, I fully agree that we rush our creativity so much. And, you know, I was thinking about this and, and my, my next one that I thought about was kind of about the creative process and how I would describe it to people. Because I think sometimes, like I said, we don't give each other or ourselves enough time. Um, and I think for me, sometimes I feel like I get an idea and it's fully formed and I can like pluck it out and do it and be done. And then sometimes I feel like I'm sitting in a room full of marbles and there's a specific marble that I want. And I can't tell you exactly what it looks like or which one it is, but I know that I'll know it when I see it, you know, and I just have to like continually like pluck at them and like look at them and be like, is this it? Is this not it? And I feel like that with my ideas sometimes is, you know, if I'm working on a specific project, I can put a line here and I'm like, that, that's not right. You know, so I take it off and I do a line here and I'm like, that's not right. I know I need a line somewhere, but I can't figure out where. And then Sometimes we have ideas that are going to take us our whole life to figure out, you know, we keep trying a different one, trying this way, trying that way, you know, painting, you know, people who paint the same thing over and over, it's because they're trying to get to that one thing and they can't quite tell you what it is, but they're, no, they're getting closer, you know, and it's that process that we just can't give up on. You know, we can't stop. We have to keep going. And it's okay if it looks like you're painting the same bird 20,000 times until you paint the right bird. Um, yeah. Do you, do you feel like that? How do you feel like your creativity feels sometimes? Oh, like a bunch of empty space. It's funny. I love the idea of, I love your, your metaphor of the room full of marbles because I totally, totally see that. But sometimes I feel like I'm like sitting in the middle of the universe 
<laughs> waiting for the one marble in the universe to whack me upside the head. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I literally just have to sit there and wait for sort of that spark to hit me. Um, Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert is such an amazing book. If anyone has not read that yet, please go out and get it immediately. Um, Because I related to that idea of sort of waiting for creative ideas to hit you. And I, again, have learned to respect that so much to like to sit and I guess for this one, decorating my house is not the best analogy. But for me, honestly, I think of my business as probably one of my greatest creative works. Like I, not the creativity in my business, but my business is a creation of my own. And so for me, it's this respect for the process, this like giving myself plenty of space whenever I know I need to have the next idea for what I'm going to do next. And similar to like, if I was painting a bird, right. Of like, I'm just going to show up and just paint the bird, give that bird so much space all day, every day until finally the strokes all come together to make the bird that I've been trying to make my entire life. For me, it looks like space. It looks like giving myself tons of space to, to think, to get inspired, to like inform my intuition with all the little nuggets that it needs to either make decisions moving forward or that's like for business building. But for me too, it's like honing those skills. It's painting the bird, right? It's making the scarf. It's practicing that stitch over and over and over again, giving yourself tons of time and space um, to, um, to try things, to hone your skills, to wait for inspiration to strike, whatever it may be. It's not rushing it, which is something that you mentioned. There's no rush. Um, I've definitely learned that like rush and worry are a waste <laughs> when it comes to creativity. And if you can't enjoy the process, um, if you can't respect and enjoy the process, um, you're probably not going to be very pleased with what comes out of it. Yeah. I, I definitely struggle with that one so much. I just want to be done. You know, I have this idea. I just want to do it. You know, and it doesn't come out right and I'm frustrated, you know, and I never give myself enough time. That's, that's one of my biggest issues is making sure that I create the time and the space, like you said, to just let my projects go. Because if I put them in this little box of, oh, you have 25 minutes to knit a perfect scarf, like that's never going to happen. Yeah. Right. I've also really given, I've really learned this little, the tactic of sleeping on it. Right. (laughs) Just like of forcing yourself to give yourself the space. Whenever I was designing, whenever I was designing websites um, in particular, that's one of those things where similar to your line, like, where is this box going to go? I'm going to put this box here. I don't like it and put it over there. I don't like it. So you just move the box around and around over and over again until you think you like it. Like you could probably live with that box being there. right? Whatever it may be. And even if you like it, no, don't save that file or don't save that file. Definitely save it. (laughs) Don't save it as your final file yet. Sleep on it. Um, because that space, um, that space does wonders. And I also learned a long time ago for me in particular, I solve problems in my sleep. Um, and especially whenever I was developing, (laughs) I would solve, I would go to sleep like with this huge problem of some coding situation and wake up in the middle of the night knowing exactly how it is it was that I needed to solve it. And so once you can tap into 
how it is that your brain is going to work, how it's going to creatively solve problems, how it's going to, um, to adjust to these new skills that you're learning, whatever it may be like that mindfulness, that self-awareness and how it is that you create because everyone's process is different and then you can capitalize on it, right? Like, you know, to sleep on it, you know, just to go to bed, (laughs) just go to bed and wait for the problem to solve itself or give yourself plenty of space. There's definitely been times when when I have wanted to accomplish something, I've wanted to create something, it's not coming out correctly. And so I just will walk away and, you know, go on vacation, read a book for five hours, take a nap, whatever. I do a lot of things when I sleep. (laughs) Sleep is, it's one of my greatest tools, sleep. Um, And then coming back to it. I think again, when you rush it, when you don't respect the process, when you don't understand how it is that you are creative, um, it's really easy to be very frustrated with how and what it is that you create. Uh, Yeah, I agree with that so much. And I think, you know, again, the internet is fantastic for lots of ideas, but sometimes it can be overwhelming when people are like, here's my five steps to being creative that you can also use. And I'm like that, none of that makes any sense to me. Um, And so making sure that you, like you said, you get quiet, you give yourself space, you notice, you know, okay, this project went really well. What did I do? You know, I listen to music. I didn't listen to a podcast or I, you know, gave myself a whole week to work on it instead of having to do it in one sitting, you know, noticing your own patterns and like literally taking note of those and kind of writing your own creative process. I think it's really, really helpful because like I said, we can get caught up in, well, so-and-so wakes up at 5 a.m. and, you know, creates for an hour and it's amazing. And that is not me. I'm not going to create anything of quality before 9 a.m. No, no. Except maybe a good cup of tea. Yeah, nothing. So yeah, it's so personal. And I love that you said that about final files. I wish you could look at my computer. I have final one, final two, final three, final, final, final file. Like I am the worst at being like, I'm done. And then nope, I'm definitely not. I have to learn that about myself, but I just don't. Right. And the way you learn that is by doing it over and over again and getting it wrong a million times while remaining self-aware enough to know the lessons that you're learning along the way, right? Yeah. And how do you not put pressure on every project to be the perfect one, the best one, the... Such a good question. I don't know. I think from a lifelong process of creating, right? Of learning that being worried or anxious or like, or, um, hooked to outcomes or whatever is a waste of energy and that things are going to happen the way they're going to happen. And you just have to trust the process. Um, it came from lots of years of being anxious and worried and annoyed and, you know, all the things, um, that I realized that none of that helped. And that's not to say that I don't still sometimes get incredibly frustrated. Actually, whenever I was decorating, uh, whenever I was decorating the shop, this is a great example of this. Um, Opening the shop was one of the easiest things I've ever done, which is a weird thing to say because it's incredibly difficult. Um, I worked my butt off. I was on my feet more. I was, we did it faster than we were planning to. It came at a time when we weren't really planning on doing it yet. It was, it was difficult. It was incredibly difficult. One of the hardest things I've done in business, but also incredibly easy. And it was incredibly easy because I've learned over the years to trust the process 
of creating, right? I had this empty room. I had um, literally nothing in there and like dropsy, like some ugly things in there too that I had to work around. So how is it that I create this new space? Um, so I went in there, you know, trying to control some pieces, even though I had let go of enough that the overall process was going really great and I was really weirded out by it. Um, but I went in there and I was like, okay, I know exactly the pieces of furniture I want to get tried to get them all out of stock. And we were trying to open the store very, very quickly. So like plans shattered. What am I going to do? I was like totally attached to the outcomes of these particular pieces of furniture being available. They were not, I had no other plans. So we were just like, okay, let's check out some antique stores. Went to them. First one we went to perfect furniture, better than I had initially planned. Like, and so that for me was like the universe, like flicking me on the head and being like, See, just trust the process, like let go of any expectations and just keep doing it keep showing up, keep trying new things. Um, so for me, it's definitely just learning from lots of being flicked on the head <laughs> that you just have to trust the process, period. Any, any attachment to outcomes, any try to trying to control the situation, the process, it's it's going to result in you being more tired than you have to be. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I love the curiosity in that too of like, let's just go to the store and see what they have, you know, versus having this is what we have to have. Um, and I think that's so important in creativity of just to show up, whether you're painting or decorating or whatever it is, and just being like, let's see what supplies I have. Let's see what happens when I pour this paint onto the canvas, you know, and just that curiosity and being open to that, I think is so vital. I think yes to curiosity, but I also think there is something there to seeing challenges or restraints as opportunities, mm -hmm. as opposed to constraints that you don't want, right? Like there's a mindset shift there of being like, oh, okay, you want to throw a roadblock? Then like what other route can I find that might be better anyway, mm -hmm. right? As opposed to like there's a roadblock, I might as well quit. Mm -hmm. Like there is a mind, just a simple mindset shift there that again has come from sitting in front of many roadblocks being like, fine, I guess I won't do it. And then someone else walking around the roadblock and me being like, man, <laughs> Why didn't I just walk around it, you know, or whatever that looks like for anyone. And it's, it's seeing those roadblocks as opportunities as opposed to challenges. Simple as that. Yeah. I, I, that's one of my like most used statements is that creativity is just problem solving, you know, cause it's never going to go right. And the fun is in solving the puzzle. You know, if yeah. you just like bought the thing finished that like, where's the fun in that? You know, the fun is solving the problem and figuring out those things. I a hundred percent agree with that. I tell my kid all the time who was like the kind of person who would sit in front of the roadblock and cry about it, <laughs> that, that solving the problem should be the fun part, right? Mm -hmm. Like use your brain and enjoy it. Like mm -hmm. it's going to be so much more fun and so much more fulfilling whenever you get to the under, uh, to the under whoa <laughs> when you get to the other end of it um because you put in a little bit of extra effort and it totally paid off i will also never forget a quote that i heard um on trading spaces <laughs> remembers that show yes. i love that show the older guy i cannot remember the older designer guy I cannot remember what his name was but i will never forget he was painting i think a mermaid on a door <laughs> for the show and like 
fudged up something that he was painting and the homeowner that he was working with said something. He goes, there is no such thing as mistakes, only opportunities to embellish. And like that has stuck with me, obviously, for decades at this point. And I think about it all the time, especially in art and creativity. Like you are, I think to truly create, you have to put yourself into this headspace that you are not creating alone in a vacuum, that there are outside forces. Let's say you're painting outside and a leaf, you know, hits itself against your wet paint, right? Like that isn't, you can see it as a mess up or you can see it as this creation that you've made with the environment that you're in, right? Or, you know, with the twitch of your hand or whatever it may be. Like you have to see creativity as being so much more than just your effort in the thing. And whenever you can really wrap your, wrap your head around that, there is this like magic and creativity that is so much more impactful and playful and has so much more opportunity for being so much better than even you thought it could be, um, that it makes creativity way more fun than you just going in there and trying to control every element. Yes. And one thing that I wish people would understand more, um, and I think everyone kind of experiences this to a certain extent, but I think really creative people who are just actively being creative all the time experience it even more so. But I wish people understood that my creativity is like a spider web. You know, it is connected to absolutely everything around me, you know, and I'm always telling my husband, can you walk slower? I'm trying to look at things, you know, everywhere (laughs) we go. Um, And, you know, everything I do and see and experience influences my creativity, maybe a specific creative project, maybe just who I am in general, maybe how I see things, how I see color. Um, it's just all so intermingled, you know, and, and when I like visualize it, like I said, I see it, this huge spider web that's just connected to everything, like connected to my brain. Um, and just trying to utilize that as much as I can, but also to get people to understand that, that you can't compartmentalize your creativity. You know, you can't be like, this is my creative time. This is what I'm doing right now. And then now I'm going to go clean the house and it has nothing to do with each other. No, you're going to clean the house. You're going to find a paintbrush or you're going to find an interesting color palette, you know, thrown together in the clothes on the floor. And that is influencing back to your creativity. And so it's all so interconnected. A hundred percent. It is all interconnected and it all like, it all serves into the same purpose, right? So I always think about like creative thinking and creative problem solving in this. And again, you can apply this to painting or whatever. Like if you aren't, if you aren't thinking of yourself as a creative, of everything that you're doing as feeding into it, then you aren't allowing yourselves to cultivate the tools that you need to do anything, right? Or to accomplish what it is that you're trying to accomplish. So any, I agree with all of that, that um, it is all a web. It all feeds in together and it all sort of feeds into you being more enriched and ready for not only the things that you're creating, but also everything else in your life. Do you do artist dates? Do you, did you read The Artist Way? I have it and I never read it. <laughs> I bought it to read it, but admittedly never read it. Same. I've read the first like three chapters like 20 times. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Yep. 
but yeah, I think artist dates are a good example of that. And, you know, in the book, she wants you to like plan an hour every week where you're alone. You go somewhere that's enriching and interesting to you, whatever that is for your creativity. Um, and, you know, I try and do that as much as I can. But like I said, just going on a walk in my neighborhood is you know, enriching enough for me. And so, and just being aware of it all the time, my camera roll is full of just random things I saw. The other day I turned around in the grocery store parking lot and went back and took a picture. There was a, like the yellow arrow, you know, of which way to drive and a yellow leaf, which it's summertime. So I don't know why this leaf is this color, but it was the exact same color of the, the, arrow and it was on top of it. And I was like, I don't know why, but I really need to take a picture of this. Like, it's so interesting that like monotone thing, you know, so I don't know why, but it's on my camera roll for whenever I'm ready for it. You were just capturing a moment. And right. and I love that. I, I think you're completely right. I, I love the idea of an artist date. And I think that's really a wonderful practice for someone who's trying to to find themselves into the life of being a like life creative, right? <laughs> but I think for those of us who are creative that like almost, I don't want to say adds insult to injury because that is not <laughs> what needs, but like our lives are creative. I'm the exact same way. I will, if my family always laughs at me because when the flowers are blooming, y'all, I'm everyone I'm walking by, I'm like, oh, look at that flower. And like, there's a lot of flowers, y'all. <laughs> so I'm literally doing 80 million times a walk um, of look at that flower or same thing with like taking photos or listening to music or like whatever it may be, reading books. My life is, is an entire process of like gathering inspiration and creating. However, I also recognize in myself when there are moments when I need to do some like more purposeful for myself creation. So I will oftentimes get an itch to write Right. And so I'll pick up my journal and I'll grab some tarot cards usually and I'll sit down and do some writing and, you know, read some prompts or whatever it may be. Um, I also will occasionally get the itch to paint just and like and I know I I know how to listen to myself. I know how to listen to my creative inklings um, and do the things that I want to do. Or sometimes I'll sit down with the iPad and just like doodle or, you know, practice some hand lettering or something like sometimes my hands just need to create something just for fun. Um, and I'll do that or sewing projects, which I mentioned earlier about once a year, I get an itch <laughs> to cut out some fabric and make something. And I know that about myself. So I'm always like, always thinking about what, it, what is it that I'm going to make whenever it's usually fall time. That for me is when I want to sit down and sew something I'm thinking all year about that and I'm showing up for it. So not only is like, everything I'm doing, walking around my neighborhood, driving around, reading books, whatever, like um, I'm either thinking creatively, I'm gathering inspiration, whatever it may be, um, or at work when I'm literally creating something all day, every day. But I'm also paying attention to the moments when I need to sit down and be creative for me in the ways that I want to be creative in that moment. I was telling my kid the other day, I was like, I think I need to make a fancy dessert soon. And she was like, yes, this is my favorite ever. And so we, we sit down at a, uh, and look at a couple of our favorite food blogs and just like find the thing. So I think there is something about like incorporating creativity into your everyday life. Um, but I also think there's something about gaining the self-awareness that you need to know when you need to be a little extra creative 
just for yourself. Yeah. And I like that you said your creativity is so seasonal because Mm -hmm. I feel guilty and I've had people say like, oh, you're not painting anymore. I'm like, well, I'm doing so many other things right now. Like eventually I'll want to paint again. You know, I still have all the stuff. I just haven't pulled it out in a long time. And that's fine. But I used to feel really guilty about that. You know, like if I quit it or like picked one craft over the other or didn't do it all the time, then I like no longer was a painter or, you know, I was like quitting or something. I don't know. It it bothered me. But yeah. now I have leaned more into that like seasonal cyclical. It'll come back around. Yes. You, I feel like that's a really important thing. And I think if you are a painter, paint all mm-hmm. day, every day. I love that for you. Do more of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. But I think for a lot of like, we'll call us serial creatives, right? Where we just need to always be creating and usually in different things. And it's so much of part of what we do is we, and we also need to live our lives and like do other things, right? Then, um, then allowing yourself those seasons of creating and not feeling guilty about it. I know there's been a couple of times my partner's been like, do we still need the sewing machine? Cause it takes up a lot of space mm-hmm. and I'm using mm-hmm. it once-ish a year. Um, Yes, because once a year, I'm a sewer. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Right? So I'm going to keep it. Or like I still have lots of jewelry making supplies. And every time we go clean out what is basically my craft closet, um, my partner's like, you know, do we still need all these? Yes, because I'm going to break a piece of jewelry at some Mm -hmm. point and I'm going to be so glad I have these. Or we're going to find, we're going to stumble upon an amazing bead store and I'm going to go on a jewelry making frenzy. Right? And so Collecting these skills, collecting these tools, and allowing yourself to keep them, both the skills and the tools, so that when you feel called on to use them, you can just access them super easily, I think is what makes our sort of lives and existences as serial creatives so rich and fulfilling. I I agree. And I think one of my last kind of things I want people to understand about creativity is that my creativity is very fragile and yet very, very durable. You know, it can be hurt by comments or judgment from myself, but also it just keeps getting back up again. You know, no matter how many bad paintings I make or things that I make that don't sell or, you know, negative comments I get on the internet or from a family member, like I still have a new idea tomorrow, you know, and it's so durable. And I think just reminding people of that, like it might hurt right now because, you know, the painting's not good or someone made a bad comment or you had a show and it didn't go well, but your creativity tomorrow is going to be like, okay, let's just make something else. You know, we have to remember how durable it is. What about you? Yes. I, for me, similar lines, but the, what I always tell myself is like, what I, I can't be precious about this. <laughs> right. And whether that is the process of like, you know, let's say you're a writer and you make yourself believe one way or the other that you have to have this very sort of strict process to even be able to sit down and write, right? You have to be sitting in just the right chair. The sunlight has to be coming in the window at just the right angle. Your pen has to be just the right color, whatever it may be. Like we we build these rituals around our creativity, which I love and I'm such a proponent for, but we can become very precious about them. And if you are a creative, you should be able to, or if you're a writer, you should be able to write anywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Like Let's say your cat knocks your 
coffee on your journal, right? Like you can still write, go get another piece of paper. You don't need that journal Mm -hmm. or whatever it may be. I think, um, I think not being precious about the process, but also not being precious about the outcome either. And this is part of that, like, you know, messing up that bird you're painting 80 million times until you get it right. The thing that always puts this into perspective for me, and like I still kind of struggle to truly wrap my head around this, is chalkboard artists. Oh. Right? Literally people who create magnificent art in a medium that is meant to be erased. (laughs) Mm. Yes. Well, it's it's like musicians. They play a song beautifully, and if you didn't hear it, it's gone. Yeah. Yes. Right. And so I think whenever you can put your your artistic mindset into either that of like a live musician or a chalkboard artist, it's so much easier to get into that that understanding that what you're creating should not be held that preciously of like it is meant to be here for this moment and you should enjoy it. But then let it go. Let someone else let someone else have whatever feedback for it they want, right? Mm-hmm. Let them experience it in a different way. Let someone else add to it and make it better or worse, whatever it may be. Your job with this thing is done. It's going to have a life of its own beyond that. Um, so for me, don't be precious mm-hmm. about either your process or the finished project. Yeah. And, you know, remember that experiment that they did where they gave, you know, two ceramics classes. One was told to make one perfect bowl and one was told to make as many as possible. And it really does come down to volume. You know, the more you make, the less attached you are, the less worried you are, the more you understand that there's another coming tomorrow. You know, because we're never going to use up creativity, of course. And so the more that I make, the more that I'm okay with whatever happens. And I notice that the times that I'm making less, I have so much pressure on the one time that I do sit down to create. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You just have to, and again, that's like more of enjoying the process, right? And enjoying the like the messy process. Maybe that's mm-hmm. like really even what it is. Because I feel like a lot of times, I mean, if you're just like a true artist, you know that there's a mess and that there should be a mess and there's beauty in the mess. Mm -hmm. But I feel like a lot of creatives can also be very type A's. (laughs) They very much so want things to happen in just this way. And I think that's just setting you up for for some disappointment along the way. Yeah. Oh, Emily, this has been such a fantastic conversation. I don't want it to end, but we're getting close to time. Um, Is there anything else that you want to share? Maybe your favorite resource or just a little bit of encouragement, you know, something that you've learned over the years about creativity that you just want people to know that you want to encourage them with? Yes. I think for me, it's definitely spending more time gathering inspiration of like allowing yourself to be inspired than anything else. I think these days, especially it can be very easy to find yourself doom scrolling, Mm -hmm. right. Of just like opening up Instagram or the news or Facebook and just like going through and being like disappointed after disappointed. (laughs) I get it. But I think my, my, my favorite or the way that I've dealt with this the most is instead of opening Instagram or Facebook or the news or whatever and stay informed for sure. I'm not saying don't do that. Open up Pinterest instead and scroll through Pinterest and just become inspired. That's what I do. Um, That's what I do more often than maybe I should, but I feel like it is a better alternative than doom scrolling. Inspire scroll instead. Uh. 
I love that so much. Okay. And I didn't tell Emily to say that, but um, if you want a specific journal to help walk you through finding inspiration, collecting it and turning it into art. Um, the art of inspiration is available in my Etsy shop. It's only $12. It's like a little tiny, um, prompted journal that you can fit literally in your pocket. And every page has like a prompt for you. It's like find an interesting color palette. And then it's just got like little bubbles for you to like put interesting colors in or like glue in things that you pick up along the way. Um, so I have designed that through all of my years of inspiration collecting and people asking for them literally they're like how do you make those inspiration notebooks um so i have those in my etsy shop it's lauren likes art on etsy you guys i'll link them in the show notes also if you want to grab one i would love for you to have one in your pocket um so that you can be more inspired and less scrolling um, indeed i love that <laughs> yeah that's like the perfect segue <laughs> um Emily, uh, so, okay, so what is new with you? What can we be looking forward to? And if someone wanted to work with you, you know, you said Almanac, they can shop in person or online in Chattanooga. Um, but if they wanted to be a part of your community or your coaching or read your book, where can we find all of that? Love it. So yes to Almanac if you want to come shopping, <laughs> basically. Crystals, candles, other seasonal living goods, almanacsupplyco.com. Um, we do ship all over the world from our website. So come check us out. We also do live crystal parties on, on YouTube where you can come do some live shopping with us. They're a ton of fun. You can find all of our, um, all of the info on almanacsupplyco.com. Um, for being boss, you can find us at beingboss.club. You can find the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We do have a community of creative entrepreneurs. If you'd like to join it, we actually just took the community tier free. So if you want to come check us out, it's community or beingboss.club slash community. We also have a paid tier with extra events and content and things as well. And, um, if you want to work with, there's no working with me these days, just come join the community and come chat with me in that space and a whole community of creative business bosses who are both talking about business. We also talk a lot about creativity and the process because if you want to talk about type A creatives, go talk to a bunch of business owner creatives and they're all going to be terribly type A. So we're all working consistently in how to build creative process, how to not be too precious about that process and how to feel great about our creativity, both as we sell it, but also as we make time for creating for ourselves. So that's beingboss.club slash community. Awesome. And I will have links to all of this in the show notes at lauren-likes.com slash podcast. Or maybe if you just scroll up in your app, you're listening to it might have a, it should have a direct link right there. Um, and so you can find out all of this and connect with Emily. And are you on Instagram? I know that's like always the first place that I go when I'm listening to someone. Yes. Being boss, a club on Instagram. And then Almanac is also on, on Instagram at Almanac Supply Co. Perfect. Thank you so much for being here, Emily. Thank you so much for sharing. This has been such a fun conversation. This has been great. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to talk creativity anytime. Perfect. All right. Well, you guys, let us know if you like the episode. Please share and tag us on Instagram. I am Lauren Likes Blog. Um, have a great month, and we will see you next month for another episode of How She Creates. Thank you so much for listening to How She Creates. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to know more about the show, please visit lauren-likes.com slash podcast and be sure to sign up for the newsletter to know when new episodes are out and to stay up to date with all of the crafty creative happenings around here. 
If you would take a moment to leave a rating and review on iTunes, that would be so helpful to let me know what you thought of the show and share with all your friends on Instagram by tagging me at Lauren Likes Blog and using the hashtag HowSheCreates. Until next week, I hope you get curious and go explore something. 